What do you want to What do you want to talk about on this podcast? Um, hey, do you I have any you, ideas? I, I think you had a, a new adventure with your uh, uh, family tree uh, thing. Uh, yeah, would you talk about that. No, I don't want. I don't want to talk about that. Well, you're the one who brought it up these last wanna, several podcasts. I don't want. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Um, have you been watching the January 6th hearings? What, what do you think about that? You I don't want to talk about that? I do not want to talk about that either. No what? way. No, no. Hmm. Um, uh, I, I was thinking I, of a time when I used to shoplift as a kid. I didn't do it very much, but, yeah, uh, and I no. think you had a story about that. Uh, why don't we talk about that? Uh, I don't, I don't want to talk about that again. I don't, don't want to talk about that. Well, then, I guess I, that begs the question, why are we even going to do a podcast? I have a ton of stuff to talk about. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. Gee, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's love and time. Now, here is one of the great songs in the American canon. Would you not agree, Lisa? It's so, yes, it never, it's catchy. It never yeah. gets old. Two, three, four, tell the people what she wore. It was an itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny, yellow polka dot bikini that she wore for the first time. I have it, never met anybody who hated this song. No, it was a giant, giant hit. It stayed on the charts forever back in the 1960s and uh it was number one and stayed number one for a long long time and it's really a dumb little novelty song but people used to love novelty songs back in the olden i know there aren't novelty songs anymore no, I, I actually love novelty songs i guess weird owl is maybe one of the only remaining purveyors of that but yeah that's his a, songs are more um he steals songs from other people and then redoes the lyrics to me that's not i mean anybody can do that i can oh do that. no oh no he does it brilliantly i mean you well, gotta give okay. you gotta give weird owl his due the guy has yeah, staying power he's been around forever he's very talented Lisa, and he writes very so. funny lyrics. anyway uh, the reason i'm playing this particular song itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini it was a hit by a like a 16 year old heartthrob singer named brian highland back in the 1950s but the man who wrote the song paul vance had just passed away i forget how old he was i would just say very but uh, he wrote it because uh, he was at the beach one day and his daughter came out in a little teeny bikini, which was very popular in the days. And she and all the guys uh, around her, the boys, started ogling her. And she, and, yeah, think, and, and she got embarrassed and she ran in and put on a robe and then came back out. She was mortified. And so that's basically what the lyrics of the song are about, inspired by Paul Vance's daughter. And how old was she? Do you know when she had on the little teeny weeny polka dot yellow bikini? I didn't well, say. You got to right. get it right. You got to get the. I'm sorry. The teeny weeny meeny. No, 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 no. Listen now. Listen to the words. Itsy bitsy. Teeny weeny. Weeny. Yellow polka dot. Yellow polka dot bikini. Bikini. Yes. It's a lot. Yeah. That's hard. I'm going to have to write that down. But how old was she? I don't know. A teenager, Four. probably? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four. Okay. Yeah. Hang on. <sighs> Hang on. Stop. I got it. It's down there. I put it on your chair. I just, I just, what is going on? Uh, my, my wife was we're looking for the TV remote. Oh. <laughs> Which is not unusual for me to walk off with it, but uh, yeah, uh, it wasn't. And and then uh, she left. So the she room. basically walked in the room mm -hmm. to look for the remote and didn't even say hi to me. 
No. How and do you she, think that makes me feel? How do you think it makes me feel? She flipped me the bird as she left. <laughs> well. See the curtains hanging in the window in the evening on a Friday night. The other uh, uh, passing I wanted to mention, and I know I'm kind of slipping back into these old habits of these songs of departed people. Summer breeze makes me feel fine Blowing through the jasmine in my mind One of my favorite groups, if a, two people can be a group, was uh, Seals and Crofts. And, oh, and, God, and I love one, them. One uh, half of them, Jim Seals, died recently. He was 79. Oh, oh wow. And they had hits like Summer Breeze and Diamond Girl. Diamond Girl Yeah, it was, you know, what they called soft rock, but yeah. they were wonderfully harmonious, and it was very pleasant music in the 1970s, where it was, uh, yep. and into the 1980s. So, uh, first of all, uh, how are you doing? You doing good? I'm Think... doing good. Good? I'm doing good. How, yeah, how so? I'm doing how so? good. Oh, I know what I wanted uh, to ask you. Uh, what? And I don't know if we ever mentioned it in the podcast, but... After a long uh, trial, a, lo a long time in the wilderness, shall we say, you mm -hmm. uh, you had a date. If, if I'm not being impertinent, you had a date with a, a human uh, recently. <laughs> Isn't that shocking? Yeah. Well, no, it's not shocking, but I... I never got to talk to you about it. You know, you and I sometimes He's talk. He's actually a real live man. It if is. You can believe that. Mm -hmm. Remember this song? Pardon me, miss, but I've never done this with a real live girl. I always love that. Uh, Robert Goulet. I've never done this with a real live girl, which begs a lot of questions. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Girl. Yeah, but uh, so how'd it go? Um, I Lisa, you're not on trial I here. Please answer feel the very question. Very weird. I feel very weird talking about this. First, let me say, all right, that I had a very long drought. By uh you know, I don't know if I would say maybe by choice. It just um, um, you know, you know the last real life human man that I had hang on hang on had, I'm gonna take a dated. pause here hang on uh, oh that oh I thought you were looking for the remote oh, no, oh. That, of course. uh he's wearing it no his buzzer his buzzer for his collar oh okay hang on Lise keep ro keep rolling straight up the farm with an actual arm full of real live Girl. Sorry for that interruption. It was not the TV remote that my wife was looking for. It was the she little. She wanted to come say hi to me. It was a little. She was very, very upset because she couldn't find the little remote that we have that goes on, that we, that drives a dog collar that we put on our dog. It's a little buzzer that you can use to calm him down when he's trying to attack other dogs or other people. Mm. He's not a mean dog. He just, he's a barker and he's very annoying when he does that. So mm -hmm. we found it. Okay, good. All right. So get back to your date. Okay. Well, I'm not super comfortable giving you the details, but I will make you a deal. You can ask me yes or no questions. Only. Oh, okay. Only. Um, and they can be any questions you want. And I'll just start off by saying, because I haven't talked to you in like three weeks. It's been like three weeks since we've done this. So I've had more than one. You said one. like three weeks. It's either three weeks or it's not three weeks. Around. I meant around three I weeks. I heard these people, you know, we our house lives uh, sits on a uh, walking trail, a bicycle trail. Yes. And uh, I could hear it coming from a long distance away. <laughs> Oh, no. Two people walking along, and and this is what I heard. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, 
okay. And then he was like, well, do you want to go there or not? And I was like, I, that's fine. And he was like, well, Jesus, you know, if you don't want to go, you don't have to go. And I was like, I want to go. And he was like, <laughs> and then they faded off. I, I think I heard about 20. I know. It's so annoying. And I know I likes. I like it. I like it. I know I use it more, far more than I should, too, so I'm glad you called me out on it. So, yeah, it's been around three weeks since we've chatted. And I like the way you tittle my chin. And I like the way you let me come in when your mama ain't there. And so I've had more than one. Maybe I I wasn't calling you more, out on it. I would just I've tell I've had more than one encounters, all I wanted to say, uh, with more than one meeting. Oh, oh okay. I've had... I like it. So I, but that's all I'm telling you. Okay. All right. So here, here's the. Wait, are you saying wow because he came back? Well, for more. Maybe I'm saying wow because you came back. Uh, But let let me ask you this. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Let me ask you these yes and no questions, if I may. All righty. Was was your date? Is it a male? Very much so. <laughs> That's uh, a big fat yes. <laughs> is your date um, stunningly well chiseled and handsome? Oh, Pat. He's very handsome. Uh, is your date older than you? Younger? No, no. Whoops. No, yes. You asked two questions. <laughs> Which one are you going with? I was trying to trip you up. Okay. Oh, God. Is, is, is this male person very handsome, by the way? Is he older than you or no. younger? He's not older. No. Is he three years younger? Four. No. No. Five, six, no. seven, eight, nine. Stop. <laughs> Is he 10 years younger than you? Is he 30 years younger than At you? At least. At least. Oh, wait a minute. At least now, now you're answering. Um, at least no. thirty years younger than you. Move, move. No. What kind no. Of pervert. Do you think I am? Well, I don't know what. That's what we're going to try to find out. No. Um, so, but he's younger. Let, can we leave it there? Can he's we leave younger. it there? Um. No. Let's leave it there. See, move now on. I'm answering the yes or no questions. <laughs> Okay, we'll leave it there. Not going well at all, and I'm but being, we, I'm feeling really self conscious about this. Okay, I don't want to make continue. you uncomfortable. Oh yes, no, I do. I'm not uncomfortable at all. Keep asking. I promise you, I'd answer any question you okay, ask. Okay, we've me. established that he's younger than you. Is he? Um, does he have the qualities that you look for? And I think one of the top qualities you look for is, it sounds old fashioned, but uh, gentlemanly. And um, interested in you and not sit, sitting around talking about himself all the time. Yes. Yes, he is talking about himself. No. He has the qualities. Pat, you can't keep asking three questions in one string because I'm going to have a yes or a no and or a no or a yes. You have to ask one question. Well, I don't have my law degree up to date, so I'm, not, I'm a little rusty on this interrogation stuff. And so you've seen this person four times. Yes. Was every one of them a above board formal date or did or did it get a little more um uh, uh a little more carnal than that? A little bit. A little bit. Yes. A lot of it? <laughs> yes? Yes. Oh. Wow. <laughs> no, f- no further questions unless you'd like to volunteer anything, Your Honor. No, the only thing I will tell you is I did not meet him in a feed store. That's all I'm going to okay. say. So. Well, that's a start right there. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that is a oh, bit of so a So is there big... going to be a fifth date? Uh, yes, and in fact, I think 
this week. We have it. Yes. I'm just going to leave it at yes and no. Well, that's great. That's really nice. Uh, yeah, he's I'm, very, I'm very, he's happy very nice. That. I really am. He's very, he's very nice. And, and, uh, and how, uh, one more question. Oh, brother. How to phrase this yes or no. This is not a big question. Uh, did you meet online? Uh, or at church? <laughs> when I say a church, I mean churches bar down on 126th street yeah no uh it's what's interesting uh this gentleman i've actually known for about five years oh and we've been um acquaintances and friends and not very just sort of kind of reconnected so there you go all right let's move on and talk about another subject shall we let's yeah let's don't talk about the nature of that connection Let's just move on to another subject. No, it was a very above board connection and very, very just again, just reaching out. How are you doing? That's it. And then it and then it went to where it went. Well, great. Great. Well <laughs> which I'm not complaining about. And happily, everything still works. That that is, I think, phenomenal. Well, do things have to still work on a woman? Of course they do. What kind of a question is that? Well, it's a it's a kind of oh, I see what kind you're of saying. a sexist question, I suppose. Oh, but, I see what you're but saying. I think men worry more about whether things still work. This is a good point. That's it, a good point. It is. Oh, phew! I'm relieved. Yeah. Okay. No, he. Um. Yeah. Good. Okay. okay. I I won't uh, grill you any further, but thank you for the information. Uh, you'll be hearing <laughs> from from the police uh, perhaps today. Okay, I'm okay. ready. All right. Um, I, so the um, other big thing, the other big thing oh, yeah, that happened yeah. since yeah, I yeah, last yeah. spoke with you is I had the opportunity to fly down to Redwood City, California and for business. I was teaching some voiceover classes and I'm doing very limited travel and teaching in person now, sort of getting back into the groove of that. And uh, I think I told you on our last podcast that I had met my half brother, um, and for those that didn't listen to the last podcast, uh, long story, very short, found through DNA testing, uh, a half brother, never knew who my father was, but he was so incredibly warm and welcoming and said, while you're down here, which is where he lives, come over, meet the family, meet me and hang out. And it was, ah, oh, I just, I'm going to get a little emotional, but it was just really lovely. And they are lovely people. And if I could have crafted the perfect sibling or the perfect brother, it would have been my brother, Chris, and his wife, oh, Shannon, is a lovely, lovely woman. And their three children, uh, Cole and Mason and little Ella, little Ella made me a bracelet. She'd never met me, made me a bracelet that just destroyed me which yeah. i i have and i'm wearing it. yep. yeah it's just really incredibly sweet and kind and just i was very nervous you know mm, i sure, i thought sure. i was worried you know i hope they don't turn out to be assholes and i hope they don't think i'm an asshole <laughs> and and i couldn't have dreamt up a, a lovelier group of people that were so warm and welcoming that is um, fantastic and it, yeah. It was just really nice. So, um, yeah. Well, you know, you shouldn't be, I guess, too surprised that someone who has blood relations with you would be as nice as you are. So, oh, but, but well, you never know. But that's nice. That. That's a nice story. I'm, I'm happy. But, you know, they've never been to Seattle. Um, and again, they're just very, very, very kind people, very all American. He's a great family man, very involved in their children. And even when we were sitting around and speaking and, and getting to know one another, you know, the kids weren't off watching television and they weren't on their phones. They were part of just that, that, that get together. What a um, bunch of weirdos. I know. Right. It was yeah. like, wow, just really well-behaved children that were just you know, lovely. I I I I'm just I'm madly in love with them in oh, in a very reason. surprising way. So yeah, I, maybe the Sorry. parents insisted on the kids, uh, you know, not 
going off and doing stuff elsewhere. I, I remember my I that, that was that big sense. with my parents back in I the day. I didn't get that sense, to be honest with you. I really didn't. My parents always wanted us when they would have friends over. They would say, "I want you, you kids, at least to introduce yourself to everybody, and and be attentive and ask about them, and you know that kind of stuff." Well, my littlest brother Terry, and I might have told you this before, <laughs> uh, when uh, nature called, it it called right now. You know, when the door knocked, he had to answer it right away. his peculiar uh, predilection to when he got to the bathroom he wanted to be ready he didn't want there to be any you know hesitation what do you mean, what do you mean ready oh you Here's mean what he, he wanted his pants down already yes like, yes oh. so he so he would start taking his pants down when he'd be leaving the room with these total strangers his pants would start going down to his ankles do even as he waddled his way down the stairs to the bathroom. I understand and then, that. I and that was and that made practical sense, I suppose, from his point of view. But then he came back the same way. He'd be hoisting his pants back up and uh, getting the belt attached by the time he got back into the room. Well, congratulations. That's great news. And obviously, yeah, you're, you're going to try and see them again. Yeah, yeah. It's been a big month in the foster house. Um, um, no I'm hoping that they come up to Seattle. And they were just so kind and said, well, now we have a reason. And it just really warmed my heart, you know. So Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, and what yeah. a month for you. I mean, you meet you, you, you meet uh, your blood relative and you're, you're about to get married. I mean, all of this is happening <laughs> in this I know. same I know. month. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. I can't believe I'm engaged. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did I tell you oh that God. I did I tell you that I recently gave it a commencement speech? Uh, high school commencement. Well, this okay. Year? Well, I I really didn't, but I had one all prepared. And then what? at the last <laughs> moment they changed their mind and went with someone else. No, that's, are that's you kidding the, me? That is the story of my life, Lisa. Are you kidding? You're not kidding me, are you? Are you joking with me right now? Uh, who knows? But I, you know, when <laughs> somebody called me up, I think I told you this, called me up years ago, not very many years ago, five years ago, and said, hey, we would like you, Martin Short is coming to the Paramount Theater, and part of his act is he's bringing, he brings on a relatively, at least, well-known personality and he does his Jiminy Glick character and yeah. uh in and, and Jiminy Glick interviews that person and we would like that person to be you. And I mean oh. I, I thought oh my god. You never told be... me this. Yeah and Martin Short is one of my all time favorites and I thought Oh me too. Let this a uh, Jiminy Glick, I don't know if you've ever seen the character. Yeah, I think that's a brilliant character. Very funny character. And I thought, man, I would like to just be taken apart by Jiminy Glick. How cool would that be? This is so exciting for me to be talking to you because usually I talk to celebrities. And then a week away, they say, you know, I'm sorry, Pat, we came up with somebody else. Oh, my uh, God. Who uh, was a, well, let me put it this way. He was a radio station personality at the radio station that was sponsoring the Martin Short concert. So can I guess who it is? It was a fait accompli. Can I guess who it is? I don't know. You probably or should won't. I not say it? It doesn't matter. Go ahead, take a swing at it. They, they got John Curley. No, no, no. They got that... Dory Monson. No, no, they could Because neither of those two are better than you, by the way. Oh, and they both who, know it. Yeah. Who could? <laughs> and no. if they don't know it, I'm going to tell them. But no. who could be better than you? Who well, it wasn't a matter of who's be... better. It was just a matter of, uh, you know, we need to promote our own person here because we're the station oh, sponsoring. Oh, I um, see. At least that's what I tell myself. Those effers. So that was that was dismaying. Yeah. So on this commencement speech thing, I, I had the commencement speech all written, and then uh, they made a, another decision at the last moment. But uh, I, I would love to read the speech to you. Uh, as oh, I was going of course. To I don't want it to go to waste. So, yeah. Would you mind? Okay. 
Picture me in a uh, cap and gown uh, okay. with those big tassels, you know, it shows you're an emin- imminent, a- eminent person. You said tassels. Do you have more than one on your head? No, no, Just they're, they're kind of draped over your shoulders. You look Is, like a, you know, look, oh, those like a bonafide. Oh, stole, like yes. a priest wears. Yeah, I got it. Sort of like that. Uh, but you look okay. like all the world like an academic. and uh, Certainly. And, yeah. Okay. Hold on a so, second. I'm so having some my... trouble with that. Hold on, hold on. I'm having trouble with that vision for a second. Okay, I got it. You got it now? It took me... Yeah, it took okay. me a minute. If you if you uh, have ever read any Grimm's fairy tales or Hans Christian Andersen, you shouldn't have any mm-hmm. trouble envisioning that. Okay. Okay. So here okay. is my commencement address, the one that I wanted to deliver. Okay. <clears throat> Greetings to you, graduates. And I'm going to do this differently. At least I'm going to get something here. Add a little echo to it. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> But you're going to have to say it really loud because now I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Hey, by the way, uh, I've been experimenting with um, Alexa lately. Yeah. The uh, the robot, oh, you know. Let me, yeah, I know. Let me guess. You are some, asking her to make fart noises. I have Google Assistant and there are some others. But um, I've discovered a thing that you, if you say Simon Says... Then Alexa will repeat it just as you said it. So I'm thinking <laughs> this, this, could, dork. this could be a, become a pretty good a, bit. Why are you such a dork with her? You hilariously, which I'm ashamed that I even laughed at this, yeah. said to me one day, hey, when you next chance you get, go ask Alexa to make fart noises. And... <laughs> Hey, let's see if she'll and do so, it. And so, of course, of course, I did, and it was stupidly funny. Why do you, why do you f with her so much? I've discovered yeah. that if you say Simon says, she'll repeat anything you say. Like, for example, Alexa, Lisa Foster is now engaged. Oh, wait a minute, I can't say that. You have to oh. say Simon yeah, let, says. Yeah, I forgot. Okay, I've saved your note. All right, uh, Alexa, oh. <laughs> Simon says. Lisa Foster is a hell of a gal. <laughs> Lisa Foster is a hell of a girl. Oh, she oh, changed she's a it. Girl, not oh. gal. Oh. Right. So this is okay. fraught. Well, you know, so I've got her to say, I'm, I'm putting a bit together. I can make her say, Alexa, Simon says, Pat is an idiot. Pat is an idiot. <laughs> you can see. The possibilities okay, here. Yes, you're right. I didn't realize all the applications and yeah. fun. We Hell can yeah. do a whole, yeah. I was going to add a little echo to this, so it sounded like we were in a big room here, but I'll just do yeah. it this way. Greetings to you graduates. Except for you, Mikey. You're, you're going to have to take this year over. But as the rest of you move on in your lives and find yourselves at various times being forced to listen to long, dull speeches that go on and on, I hope you'll think back to my speech today and remember that this was not one of them. Goodbye and good luck. Okay, I guess they, I guess they want me to go on a little bit longer than that. Here's the deal. This is the very first commencement address I've ever been asked to deliver. Uh, there was one other. It was to the graduating class of a Lake City child care center. And what I told those young graduates, I will also tell you today. Do not, under any circumstances, run with scissors. If you have to run with something, why not a spatula? That's what I told those young people. And that's what I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you. Commencement. Commencement. What does that even mean? I tried looking commencement up. I got into one of those... I don't know, those books that have the words in them, uh, it rhymes with Pictionary. I can't remember what it is, but anyway, I looked up the word commencement, and here's what I discovered. Commencement does not start with a K. No. So I looked under the C words, and there it was, commencement, a beginning, a start, which is interesting because I suppose for some of you, this ceremony marks the end of something. So this is either a commencement or a termination. Let's don't quibble over that, okay? I hope you really appreciate the value of what you've learned at high school these last four years, or five, or six. Do I hear seven? Yeah, Mikey, I was thinking of you. 
I'm quickly coming to the point in my speech and the words you've been aching to hear, and in conclusion. But I just realize I haven't given you any real advice, so let me squeeze some in. First, be an original thinker. Don't borrow or plagiarize someone else's words and try to pass them off as your own. I forget where I stole that one, but it's a really good thing. And then, secondly, friends may come and go, but if they come and go real fast, you better make sure your car stereo is still there. I remember the words of my uncle who said, Pat, if you ever have to give a commencement speech, you don't have to iron your shirt because the dumb-looking gown will cover it. And I recall the words of Mrs. Olson, my high school English teacher, who said, in this world of ours, it's not who you know, it's whom. So congratulations, everybody. Good luck. Go forth with luck in your heart, joy in your career, and at least one credit card that's not maxed out. So long, suckers. <laughs> and then that would be followed by huge applause. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, but yes. I didn't I wasn't able to give that speech and so it's we'll available. It. I'm available. If anybody uh needs any commencement speaker for the cheap, that'd be yeah. me. Hey, uh, as we're recording this, this is Father's Day. Yes, happy Father's Day. And I for, hey, thank for you, once lady. know who my father is. So happy yeah. Father's Day I to thought, my father. I thought of you uh, when this day dawned because oh, you're a little closer thanks. to knowing who your father was. And uh, Well, I know exactly who he is now. Yeah. Well, well, you do. But I mean, you also know he's not around anymore. No, I missed I, him by four, five years. Missed yeah. him by five years. Yeah. Well, yeah, it would have at, been at nice any rate, him, uh, I was um, thinking of my dad who uh, passed away 35 years ago. So he would have been 100 last week. Mm. But he you know, just, can I, he just can came I short. Really, yeah. Can I can I interrupt really quick? Uh, you I know I've known you for so long and I know a lot about uh, your mother and your brothers, but I don't think I ever hear you talk too much about your dad. I don't and what I don't. Who, who he was and what he was like. Well, that's because was he's he... been gone so long, maybe. But uh, yeah, yeah, he uh, he only made it to sixty four years of age, and, oh, and so you wow. can imagine how I I got a little nervous when I started yes. uh, advancing towards uh, older age, and uh, but you know, uh, part yeah, of it's it... a very weird thing to reach the age that your parent died at. My mom died when she was forty eight. And that was a weird birthday for me. Yeah, it's got to be on your mind. It has to be. Yeah. yeah. So um, he, um, he 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 passed away. Was it 1987? I guess 86, 87. Yeah, that would have been before I met you. Yes, before it was. we worked together on King 1090. And I'd never had anybody uh, so immediate in my life pass away, and it was really, you know, mm. it was really tore me apart and I got mm-hmm. I, I think I told you I got all my brothers together the night before the funeral and it was going to be in a big Catholic church and I I said you know our dad was a nutball he was a funny funny man <laughs> he was always joking always laughing uh, why don't we individually each of us when we're asked to go speak uh, to eulogize him why don't we just tell funny stories about him just Nice. You know, three minutes each, something like that. Mm-hmm. And and a couple of the brothers said, yeah, I guess that'd be okay. But two of the others said, no, I can't do it. No, I, I would fall apart. I couldn't manage it. Mm. I forget it. I can't do it. So I remember we were drinking beer over at one of my brother's houses. And I I just worked and persuaded all of them to finally agree. Look, oh, we got to all do this. We can't just have a couple of us do it. We need to all do it to show solidarity here. Let's, and so they finally all agreed we're going to do it. And and somehow, as they mostly worried, will we be even able to get through it? And I said, right. don't worry about it. If you're cheerful, people will like that. Absolutely. It'll show genuine emotion. It's fine. It is fine. So so the day of the funeral comes, everybody comes up. We go up in respective order. So the youngest brother goes up, pulling his pants up. By the way, as he goes up. <laughs> And and then the next youngest, and you know, I've got four brothers and then it finally comes to me and I come up and I stand at the podium and I fall apart. It was me that couldn't get through it. They did great. You never know about yourself, you know? 
I know. Yeah. So, so after that, the, the later in the day, I came to a determination and I told Patty, my wife, I said, you know what? I'm going to quit the radio business and all that stupid broadcast stuff I do. And I'm going to come back. My dad had an insurance agency down in the town of Bend, Oregon here. And I said, Patty, I'm going to take over my dad's insurance business. And she said, what are you talking about? You don't know anything about insurance. I said, I can learn it. I, you know, my mom needs that business to keep going. I can, I think I can swing it. I, I want to do this. And, and mm-hmm. we kind of, we didn't get in a fight. We just got into a, shall we call it a disagreement? And she, uh, she knowingly nodded and said, okay, all right. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. Uh, but, um, when are you going to do that? I said, immediately, I'm going to, I'm uh, starting tomorrow. I'm going to go down into the to the insurance office. I'm going to look at the files. I'm going to, I'm going to take a class and I'm going to learn hey, all George of Bailey. Yeah. It's very George Bailey of you. Pat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to be the first dang insurance agent there ever was. I don't care what you say, Mr. Potter. Yeah. I need <laughs> oh to practice that. Oh no, and that was good. The, but Patty was great. She knew I got to just let him get through this. Oh, and right. she knew it was grief. Find and it your own way. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't practical. It was stupid. I'd be the worst insurance agent ever. And I've, she finally said, well, the kids and I are going to get in the car and we're going to drive home tomorrow. Um, well, hope you come with us. I said, I'm not. I'm not coming. I was just being very melodramatic and just dogmatic mm-hmm. and sure that this was what I should do. Mm-hmm. But she was very, she was very wise about it and just let me. Yeah, <laughs> have my my dumb, um, ill-timed it's nobility. Not, it's it's not dumb though. It's the, the we find ways to try to mitigate the pain, and that probably was something that you felt you needed to do for 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 yourself yeah. and getting through that loss. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, people do that's crazier cool. things than that to get through the pain of losing someone. So that's not so bad, Pat. But when did you come to your senses? What what when did you come to your senses and what made you go, wait a minute, I'm gonna oh. stick with radio? No, I it, it wasn't even that as much as I finally came around to realizing she's right. Who am I kidding? Yeah. This is not for me. I would be unhappy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I'd be doing some big, wonderful, you know, noble thing for my fa- my greater family, but I'd be mm-hmm. I'd be hurting my own family my more immediate family by this silly notion, but it took me a while to get around to it. And, but you know, not that long because the next day we all get in the car together and drive home. And so I just wondered if you ever had in it, you had a moment of, um, in your life of, of uh, trying to be valiant and saying, damn it, this is what I shall do. I'm going to no, no, no. Oh God, no, yeah, no. Okay, it's just me. Nope. Yeah. nope. It's just me but, that's yeah. the idiot. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know. That's a really interesting question. I can't really think of anything that comes to mind. Um, no. Okay. No, I've never been valiant at all, ever. Okay. Well, that's very honest of you to say. You know, I have a list of other stuff I wanted to talk about, but uh, I, I think it, none of it needs to be discussed too immediately. Um, okay. But... I did want to ask you just uh, briefly, did, did you hear, as we're recording this, mm-hmm. the uh, there is a production crew of the Stephen Colbert's show, the late night Love show, him. that got Love arrested him. yesterday Ooh. in the state, in, in the uh, nation's Capitol building. Uh, really? I don't know if you know who Robert Smigel is. He was a long yes. time writer on Saturday Night Live. Brilliant is, writer, great collaborator. Um, yeah, yeah. So many people love working with him, collaborating with him. He worked a lot with Conan O'Brien. He yes, and um, yeah. Bob Oden Odenkirk as well. Right. Um, yeah. Of, so I, I've been. I got to tell you, Pat. Before you move on, I have not watched the news. I have not watched a morning news show. I have not listened to news on the radio, and I have not been on social media in a news related fashion at all for almost a month. It feels fabulous. So tell me what happened. Okay, Ostrich. Um, I know. I don't care. I feel what I feel so much better. 
so much well, better. Yeah, I Not guess. Really. Yeah, I, yeah. I, if it's working for you, that's great. Um, I'll I'll come back to it, but I just needed my soul needed a break from all. Yeah, this I get that. I bullshit. do. I, do. It, I mean, I just couldn't take it. So, and it's already been a very emotional month for me anyway. So, yeah, what what I else just, could you cram into it? You're right. Right. Uh, but Smigel, among other things, uh, has this character, a puppet character called Triumph, the insult yeah. dog. That's right. He's so awful. I'm here to report on the uh, very important uh, waste of time going on in the chamber. You don't have access. No, no, you don't understand. I'm an investigative reporter. Look, I have a scoop. I can't let you, you in. No, no, listen to me. Donald Trump was even more familiar with Lev Parnas than people realize. Look. That's Trump's driver's license. America needs to see this. I can't let you in, sir. <sighs> okay. I guess I can't be here. Maybe someone else can come. Okay. Hey, how are you? I'm uh, Chad Pennington. I'm a corporate lobbyist for Big Pharma. Yes. No, I'm very cozy with the senators. They need me in there. You don't believe me? Look, look. Look what's in my suitcase, okay? Check it out. Here, I've got Adderall in regular or presidential strength. And so they went into the, uh, they, had, they had a production crew, and uh, apparently, and Smigel took his triumph, the insult dog character. The dog has a cigar sticking out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, he's been around. It's an old character. He's been around and he ad-libs the whole thing, and it's really yeah. funny. It's, I mean, it's fall down, <laughs> tears in your eyes, yeah. funny stuff. Yeah, it is. And so they they went into the Capitol building and they just started engaging senators and and uh, Congress people and you know being a wise being wise asses in there and oh and they got arrested by the Capitol police and are are being charged with uh, uh, unlawful entry into the state Capitol building. Apparently they had permits and everything, but one overzealous policemen decided not nope, we're going to arrest these people they shouldn't be in here mm. and i was thinking about that and i'm sure it'll all work out just fine but it you know in some ways i couldn't i can't blame the capitol police because of the january 6th uh, thing mm -hmm. that they right. they are on edge now they have to yeah, be and they absolutely. can't they can't shrug off something no matter how innocuous it may seem in retrospect at the time it now is pretty heavy and and uh, uh, i take by what you said a moment ago that you aren't watching the january 6th hearings nope i am I riveted can't. to them they are I, they, yeah i bet they are i just can't uh I committee's can't, doing I, a wonderful I, job and, good well so that's all i need to know is how the what you think that there's going to be some accountability finally for this you know what i don't really expect that um oh, okay. i think it's going to be difficult uh, it, it's interesting to me that most of the hearings the thrust of it is not like about all these ancillary characters, mm -hmm. but it's really all points right back to the president of I the United States, much. Trump, absolutely, as being yep. the, really the person most responsible for that day and for, mm -hmm. uh, you know, twiddling his thumbs and enjoying every moment of it while it was yes. happening until mm -hmm. somebody finally persuaded him to call off the dogs. And that yeah. is really what they're trying to demonstrate here. But what apparently legally is going to be difficult, especially if the Department of Justice takes this up as they are expected to, you have to establish intent and, you know, willful blindness like Trump, like he, did he really believe that he had won the election? Did he really believe that there had been fraud involved? Did he really believe that uh, there were manipulation of votes and all of that sort of thing. And even versus, though it was, hold on, but versus him just trying to cause trouble, knowing that none of that was true. He's just trying to cause trouble. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it, it is. Okay. And in, in spite of people, including Bill Barr, who uh, of all people who told him, no, there's nothing to it. It's BS, yeah, right. Mr. President. You right. lost. You lost the everybody telling him that he lost. And so he right. started tends to side with people like this John Eastman character and, of course, Rudy Giuliani, people who tell him what he wants to believe, what he yep. wants to hear. And, and and they cite a situation where Rudy shows up at the White House damn near 
stone cold drunk. And, and, and he's telling, hey, you just need to go out there and tell everybody that you won. Let's just kind just tell them, say, yeah, yeah, I won the election. And, oh my and, God. and so Trump would rather listen to a drunk idiot like Rudy than these sober yeah. voices that are telling him the truth. So mm-hmm. the, the, the difficult part will be to establish intent. And, and it, it's going to be really hard with a guy like Trump because he, uh, you know, he defaults to lying about everything. Uh, what really was going on in his head? Nobody would really ever know. And unless yeah, you can, right. unless you can establish, you know, intent that he was, that he was, uh, you know, actively thinking that, uh, that he knows the truth that he lost, but that he's going to pur- pursue anyway, staying in right. power, which is right. ultimately, I think all he really cared about was staying in power. Yep. Uh, unless you can prove all that, they probably can't convict him. They can certainly, mm-hmm. you know, indict him and can see they- how it goes, but. Can they at least bar him from running again? I mean, I'd take that, wouldn't you? I, I'd take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, if that, yeah. if nothing else, and yeah. and I still stand by my thing that he's not going to run because he won't be eligible to run, uh, or he'll see the handwriting. Maybe he will finally see the handwriting. He can walk away. His supporters will consider him something of a martyr, and uh, he. Mm-hmm. But he's damaged goods, no matter how you look at it. Yeah. Uh, enough about that, but uh, I, yeah, I probably told that. you more about the hearing than you. No, but that's helpful because I can't. I like just thank you for the little snippets. It's I can, compelling. It is compelling. I can stuff. I can process that and not let it ruin my whole effing day. So thank you. Right. That's well, good to right. know. Hey, uh, this has been a lot of fun as always talking gabbing with you. Yeah. Um, I want to talk in the future about. Uh, well, I want to talk about guns, but let's don't do it this time. Because okay, we, yeah, we want to leave on a happy note, or Let's at least attempted happy note, and that means it's time for our closing joke. All right, yay! Looking for something different one lunchtime, a man wandered into a newly opened magic shop. And let me stop for a minute here. Did you ever see the Alfred Hitchcock uh, episode called The Magic Shop? Oh, wait, I think you told me about it, but I haven't seen it. So tell me again. This little kid is having a birthday and his dad, played by Leslie Nelson, takes him down to the kids. Goes, yeah, I want to go down to the magic shop. What, what magic shop? It's, it's right down there on Main Street. Well, I've, I've been on Main Street many times. I've never seen a magic shop. No, there is one, Dad. Can we go see it? So he takes him down to the magic shop. And when they're crossing the street, the kid is so eager to go to the magic shop, he runs against traffic and uh, not in a crosswalk. And a, and a policeman gets really mad at him and says, Hey, kid, don't you ever do that again. Watch for traffic and look both ways. And I thought you and were going to say he got mowed down. Okay, the kid good. gives this cop a hateful look. And then they go into the magic shop, he and his dad. And in the magic shop... It's just weird in there and stuff. And there's finally a mysterious uh, clerk that steps from behind a, a mask and and he gives this kid a uh, one of those little dolls that you stick pins into. A voodoo kid, doll. Yeah, a voodoo doll. Kid goes, hey, do you have any that are like a policeman? Oh. He goes, oh, yes, here's one. <laughs> the kid starts jabbing. He just, ha- he just happens to have a just policeman voodoo doll. One. He yeah. jabs it again and again. So then when they leave the magic shop, there is that cop writhing around on the street That's right. in horrible pain as so crowds great. are forming around. Anyway, there's That'll more to it than you. that. But I just if you ever get a chance to see yeah, the magic okay. shop, I will, uh, check I'll it out. It's, it's a good, creepy one. Okay, so okay, good. during looking for something different one lunchtime, a man wandered into a newly opened magic shop, and he said, I want a fun present for myself. And so the shop owner produced a special pair of glasses. And the shop owner says, These glasses are $1,000, but believe me, they are worth it, because when you wear these glasses, you can see people naked. So the guy tries them on, and sure enough, the shop owner looked naked. And when his female assistant, a very pretty woman, walked through, she was naked too. When he took the glasses off, everybody was fully clothed. This guy said, oh, these are incredible. I'm going to buy them. 
So he left the shop wearing the glasses and he went back to his office. And everyone he passed in the office was naked. Pretty girls, old women, men with beer bellies, you know, traffic wardens, the everybody. And he was delighted with his purchase. And he said, I, I bet my wife would like a surprise like this. So before going back to work, he called in at home and uh, he was still wearing them when he walked into the living room of his home. And there were his wife and his best friend sitting on the sofa, completely naked. And the guy says, hi, surprise. And then he takes his glasses off, but his wife and the guy are still naked. Oh, no. And the guy says, ah, jeez, look at that. I paid $1,000 for a pair of magic glasses, and after half an hour, they're broken. Got me spinning around I'll take the flowering hats And the towering heels And the squeals of the real Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.